right now it's a little strange everyone's very angry um great that's fantastic thanks for coming to put your hands together how many people have been is this their first time that's a lot of people how many people is this not their first time even more people how many people is this their 213th time thanks you guys this 213thers that's my favorite group fantastic you guys were here every tuesday if you didn't know that. We're also a podcast. Did you guys know that? Yeah. <laughs> I love this show because people are just like, yes. <laughs> She's talking directly to me. <laughs> yes. So that's like a fun thing. I like that it's a podcast because people in places that aren't Los Angeles and aren't the UCB get to listen to stand-up. And that's pretty cool, right? Yes. Democratizing stand-up. And also giving uh, comics a chance to have people listen to them who otherwise wouldn't get to listen to them. And I think that's a pretty great thing. Awesome. Anyway, I think I'm just practicing running for political office right now. <laughs> this podcast will fight for you. This podcast will get you health care. <laughs> um, let's see. I was in Chicago over the weekend. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Did somebody go, hmm? <laughs> Oh, I don't know about this. It's taking a turn. I didn't think we were going to talk about the Midwest. It's also funny because I did a show, and in the middle of it, I don't remember. I, oh, what I was saying was, um, I was talking about how, well, here's the thing. Flight att <laughs> My segue is all different kinds of ways. Um, mm -mm, it's everywhere. <laughs> That's a great physical joke. For those of you that aren't laughing, it's because you, you don't get it. Anyway, I, somebody was at a show, and I said something, and the response that this audience member had, they just went, Ugh. They sounded exactly like one of those little cow can things. And I just can't stop thinking about somebody like buying one of those and being like, I'm going to take this to a stand-up show. And I'm going to wait for my moment. And I'm going to let this can move for me. And then they just sat there and they went, now's my moment. <laughs> I just love thinking about that person. Like, did they buy ducks also? And then they, they went with the cow because they were like, this is going to be more effective. <laughs> I'm a dairy farmer and I'm protesting your stand-up. No, sir, I'm not vegan. I'm just vegetarian. Oh, okay. Carry on, then. <laughs> but I went to Chicago. There's a crazy uh, thunderstorm. I forgot that that was a thing that happens. Um, 
they're, they have elevated trains there, like the subway, and one of them just flew into the air. It got hit by lightning and then flew into the air. And, I mean, Los Angeles is on fire, but I prefer that to a train flying into my face because water is falling from the sky. But uh, I went to Chicago and uh, flew there, and on the way, I had something happen to me that I have been waiting probably my entire life for this to happen to me. Uh, but most recently, the last couple of years of adulthood, I walked up to the gate agent, and I put my phone on the scan thing, and the agent waited for my name to come up, and they looked at me and they said, have a great flight, Mr. Butcher. <laughs> and so I got to say something to them that made me so happy, and I'll see if you guys laugh. Probably won't, but let's find out. So I got to say to them, Miss! That's a miss. That happens to me all the time. People, because we live in such a binary system, people are just like, oh, dude, you know, they can't figure it out. I got onto another flight once and I sat down, the flight attendant came over to me and she was like, what can I get uh, to drink for you, young man? So I just said to her, to her face, I'm a woman! <laughs> that volume, too. Because <laughs> that's, that's how I, I, do, I identify as a woman. I am a cisgender queer person. Isn't that perfect how it just fits together like that? I'm really happy about that. It's like a wheel of fortune before and after. And when that is a wheel of fortune before and after, we've made it. I just said, I'm a woman, directly to her face. And sometimes I just enter rooms that way. <laughs> Go to people's parties. I'm a woman! <laughs> Cutting y'all off at the pass. I also just want to let people know, like, women look a bunch of different ways. You know, like, women can be so many different things. There's no one thing that a woman is. Yes? Thank you. Practicing for political office again. <laughs> but I said that to her, and she immediately just started melting into an apology, which is the correct response. She just started apologizing, and I was like, hey, it's a long flight. I just want to let you know up top. Because <laughs> I would much rather enter a room that way than exit one. Just like, I'm a woman! <laughs> She was apologizing. She was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. So sorry, I said, it's a long flight. Just wanted to tell you. She kept apologizing. She's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's just your haircut and your clothing and the way you carry yourself and your voice. And I was like, shh, 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 You had me at I'm sorry. Just leave it right there. She also didn't get, she didn't get either part right because she called me a young man. I am 33 years old. I'm basically Jesus. And like, I feel bad complaining about people thinking I'm young because that's like, I mean, that's not a bad thing for somebody to think I'm young. But people do not think I'm like, oh, you're, what are you, 24? So sometimes people think I'm 24. That's fine. Not complaining about that. I'm complaining about people being like, 
you drove here? What's happening? Because <laughs> one time a guy carted me for a lighter. I was trying to buy a Bic lighter and a bottle of water, and he was like, nuh-uh. I'm not buying this. I'm not buying this for one second. Let me see some ID. Give it to me. Got to see this. I handed it to him. He picked it up. He started squeezing it like a nightclub bouncer. And this was at 7-Eleven. I was like, sir, there are taquitos rolling on a spit next to you. Please be careful of my identity. I've been working on it for a long time. And he like slid it back to me, reluctantly sold me the lighter and water. And I walked out of there and I was trying to talk myself out of my silent rage. <laughs> like, well, maybe there's a lot of dumpster fires around here. I don't know. It's keeping flames out of the hands of babes. Who can tell? <laughs> but then when I got home and I looked it up and there is no age restriction on lighters. So how old did he think I was? Did he think I was just three infants stacked on top of each other? <laughs> Threw on a Carhartt and waddled into 7-Eleven? And even if I was three infants stacked on top of each other, wearing a Carhartt that waddled into 7-Eleven, bought a lighter, and caught something on fire, I had purchased water to put it out. I think those three babies would be smart enough to put that fire out. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to think about that one for like a long time. I'll be on my deathbed surrounded by my family, just looking off into the distance. How old did he think I was? They won't know what the hell I'm talking about. And a nurse walks by and is like, Hey! Hey, young man, you get out of that deathbed! That bed is for dying people! Well, let me see some ID. I really hope I get ID'd on my deathbed. That would be ideal. Another flight attendant one time. I got married in December. Thank you. Great job, UCB. Sometimes audiences don't clap enough, and I'm like, get on the right side of history. <laughs> Actually, I'm married to the other host of the show, which I neglected to mention at the top of the show. Uh, we usually have two hosts, myself and my wife, Cameron Esposito, but she's out of town. So let's give it up for a person who's not here. I got married. I wear a wedding band. Flight attendants like to make conversation. I sit down in a seat. They come over and say, oh, congratulations. Who's the lucky? <laughs> Lady. Lady, of course. Oh, thank God. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's like a real quick solve to that one. Just person. Person is what you say there. I did have something happen to me on my flight back from Chicago that has literally never happened to me before. And I don't know if it's going to be funny, but I just want to tell you guys about it. I was sitting on a flight, two-person uh, seats, guy sat next to me. He did that thing. It, I fly a lot for work because of stand-up comedy. So I fly a lot for work. That's why I'm talking about planes a lot. Um, and so, sorry, I feel bad about that. I don't understand why. <laughs> Hey, I drive a lot for work. I just, I'm sorry, I drive a car. I apologize. <laughs> but I'm an only child, and I have realized as an adult that is why I have so much anxiety about rules, 
because I never had another tiny person with me breaking the rules. Seeing them break the rules and seeing everything would be okay or something. So I just always follow the rules to definitely a fault because I just get I get so stressed out on planes when they're taking off or landing because I'm just staring at somebody's tray like Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not supposed to. It's, they said don't have it like that. <laughs> I mean, I seriously spend a half an hour on a plane like. Is she going to catch it? Is there going to... Flight attendant! That seat is two inches back for crying out loud! If we crash, I won't be able to get through! I, I, I like, cannot... I have to, like, just stare at the ceiling. There's nothing that can get me... Once it's in there, I... I, I will break into a cold sweat thinking about a tray next to me, and then as soon as it goes up, I'm like, oh, thank God, we're not going to crash. Oh, phew. So anyway, the guy next to me puts his bag this way on the floor in between us. And they never t- the flight attendants do not tell you, "Hey, don't, you know, don't have your laptop out because if we get in a crash, it will decapitate you." So put that away. And hey, don't put your bags in the aisle because if we get in a crash, you won't be able to get out and you will all die. Like they don't say it that way because they're like, "We're not going to crash." <laughs> That's the safety demonstration basically. And so he had it like that, so I could not not focus on it, and I kept thinking about ways that I could possibly kick it under the seat. Or maybe I could just talk to him like a human being, but probably not, definitely. I did take my moment when he went to the bathroom, I was like, well, I'm going to the bathroom. And I did kick it under the seat. And then he did move it. But he was just like generally, he was not man-spreading or anything like that, but he was definitely just energetically taking up a lot of space. He had a lot of books, which was weird. He had a sales book that was, like, very wide. Anyway, I also have to say, I was wearing, like, a hat. Not a baseball hat, like a hat. Like a hat, hat, hat. Like a hat. Whatever that hat looks like in your head, that's what I was wearing. (laughs) So I decided to just keep it on, because it was a very short flight. I had a layover. And uh, sitting there the whole time, I got up, went to the bathroom, Flight attendant, female flight attendant, was like, oh, I love your hat. And I was like, thank you. I love it, too. I just love a lot of hats. I'm a real hats horse. <laughs> she loved it. And uh, so we were just talking about hats. I said, oh, my wife gets mad because I have too many hats. I just like to also generally talk about my wife with people and just be like, my wife! So that they just have to deal with it. I don't know if it's doing anything, but I feel like it's doing something. Just being like, this person has a wife. Have fun. Just feels righteous. I don't know. So we had this little interaction, you know, whatever. We sat down, and then later on in the flight, he and I had both expressed interest in a particular candy that they were passing out on the flight. It's a dark chocolate caramel thing with salt on it. Very good. Try it. So when it came around, we were both like, oh, they're so good. Couldn't have more than one. So I definitely was talking in front of this man. I had spoken to him one time with no eye contact. Just said, can I move this? And he was like, sure. And that was like as much, but we had spoken to each other. And so she came back with one of those little chocolates as we were getting ready to land. And she offered it to him. And he was like, no, 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 I don't want it. I don't, I can't, no, I couldn't pause. She was like, are you sure? We got just, just one. Take it with you. Have it later. It's just one. Take it later. You might need it. You probably want it. You really like it. She was really wanting to get rid of that one-inch cube of chocolate. Like, it was really driving her crazy that she had it. She got all the way down here. Just take it. 
but he wouldn't have it. And he was like, I don't know how let him take it. <laughs> now, I'm also mad at myself for this bothering me at all, but that's me living in the world and being told if you're called the wrong gender, that's inherently bad and so gross. And you, that's something I have to get over. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what is going on in your life <laughs> that you're sitting next to a human being that sounds like this and you're like him? I don't understand. I don't get it. But the best part of this whole thing is that the flight attendant and flight attendants have been misgendering me for years. And she's just holding this little candy and she goes, oh, sir, she. <laughs> and it was like one of the greatest moments of my life. And then he didn't notice that she said that at all. <laughs> uh, so that was fantastic. But it was a great moment. And when, when I got off the plane, I said, hey, have a great day. And she said, you too, ma'am. And gave me a little, a little wink. Best ma'am I've ever gotten in my whole... I tried to go like this, but I accidentally had a duffel bag with me. So next time I got to have a rolling bag so I can drop it and be like, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am, for calling me, ma'am. I'm gonna wear spurs next time. Great! Are you guys ready for this show? Awesome. It's gonna be so much fun, and everybody on it is so amazing. Uh, this next comic, first comic, next comic? Next comic, I'm a comic, he's a comic. Great, got it. I'm doing fantastic. Anyways, he is a great comic, and he's currently on uh, Not Safe with Nikki Glaser. Have you guys seen that amazing show? Yes, awesome. Please keep it going for Dan St. Germain. Dan St. Germain, you guys. I do have to say that being a self-barber living on a houseboat is not a great combination. Also, very hard to clean those things up. They're tiny. Hair is difficult to clean up. <laughs> Should have left it with the scissors thing. <laughs> you guys ready to keep the show going? Awesome. His next comic, friend of the show, we love it when he stops by. Keep, keep it going for John Ozolay. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, so all my grandparents are dead. It's fine. Now they they were super old. Uh, at least one of them was. Most of them actually died pretty young. But they're all, I, I'm at an age now where they better be dead, or what's going on. Uh, but but the last one died a couple years ago uh, after battling Alzheimer's for about ten years, which is a terrible neurodegenerative disease. You lose all your memories, all your connections with your friends and family. It's awful. Uh, but here's what's funny about it. <laughs> is as you lose all those memories with your friends and family, you also lose those barriers of cordiality between them. So now you're just bluntly honest with these strangers. Uh, so, for example, uh, my uh, grandma's with um, my mother, her daughter, who she no longer recognized, and asks, like, oh, hi, who are you? Uh, to which my mother responded, her name's Candace, so she said, uh, uh, my name's Candy, hi. Uh, in which my grandmother responded, huh, that's a dumb name. <laughs> what kind of person would name their daughter Candy? <laughs> oh, she zinged herself. <laughs> she just kept going, got all Friars Club roast on herself, just like, what, your mother not hug you growing up? 
Actually, that was a problem. Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, she was the only real grandparent I knew. Um, and the other ones I, I you know, knew about. You guys are familiar with Ancestry.com, right? You learn all about your uh, you know, distant family, relatives, great-grandparents, and the like. Uh, they also have a new thing, which is uh, Ancestry DNA, uh, which is they take like a swab from your cheek, you send it into a lab, they analyze it so they can show you where on a map your actual genes came from and give you a full percentage ethnic breakdown. Uh, but I'm not sure they actually have to do that uh, because if you're ordering a frivolous DNA test, <laughs> you're white. <laughs> You need to tell me these results are not exonerating me from uh, years of being falsely imprisoned. This is just for funsies. This is your Maury Povich fantasy camp. All right, well, we're just going to go ahead and circle Europe. That's, that's where you're from. Oh, you'd like a more precise breakdown? You're half Anglo, half Saxon. Congratulations, you're all kinds of white people. Oh, and 0.5% Native American. You know what you did. Um, that, <laughs> that's probably every single one. Oh, real sad, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually used to be a scientist. Um, I have a PhD in neuroscience. Uh, don't worry, I'm not using it for good. Uh, <laughs> do this full time now. It's pretty great. Uh, but no, even though I no longer do research, I still know so much science that it's ruining my appreciation for normal things. Like, do you guys know it should actually be you are the wind above my wings? <laughs> but Bed Midler doesn't know shit about aerodynamics. <laughs> Crack open a physics book, Midler. Jesus. <laughs> In fact, wind beneath your wings would cause you to immediately nosedive. Which kind of makes that song sarcastic. <laughs> For example, crack cocaine was the wind beneath Whitney's wings. Yeah, no, it's very sad. It's... it's, it's, it's it was not too soon, in fact. <laughs> it's too soon for her to go back to it. Um, <laughs> or uh, Yoko Ono was the wind beneath the Beatles' wings. Um, but in a weird twist, was the wind above Paul McCartney's spinoff group? <laughs> wings. Isn't that... Wasn't that cute? <laughs> Wings. Uh. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Science still blows my mind, though, even though I no longer do it uh, on a full-time basis. Like, do you guys know that light travels differently depending on whether or not it's being observed, either as a particle or as a wave? It's called a particle wave duality. Physicists barely understand it. Uh, but yeah, a single beam of light, a photon, behave, like, behaves differently if there are witnesses around. I guess that's one thing a photon has in common with the police. Oh, yeah. I got him. You can tell him I said it. 
tell them I called them a photon. See what happens. They will be very embarrassed. <laughs> oh, things are rough. Uh, oh, there's some of the, every, every tragedy, it's so terrible. And what's, what's worse about it, the thing that gets me the most is like when people in power don't do anything about it and instead they just say, oh, thoughts and prayers. They're tweeting it out. Thoughts and prayers to the victims, families. It's like, first of all, that's just a meaningless platitude. Uh, and second of all, let's not lub thoughts in with prayers. <laughs> thoughts and prayers are natural enemies. <laughs> like, they do not get along historically. Thoughts and prayers go together like puppies and chocolate. <laughs> They're fine individually, sure, but put them together. They will devour each other. Uh, for instance, uh, there's a time in the early 1600s where this guy named Galileo was like, hey, I, I uh, was looking through the telescope for the last 20 years. I think uh, that we might actually go around the sun. We're not the center of the universe. And the Catholic Church Inquisition was like, oh, you think that, do you? Well, you better pray we let you out of jail. Because that's where you go going, you smug nerd. That's where he died. He not, did not pray hard enough. Uh-huh. I was getting frustrated too with like uh, the people that like pledge allegiance to ISIS before they do something like the guy in Orlando he pledged allegiance to ISIS gave them credit like, I'm not going to give ISIS credit for that like they didn't earn that or anything ISIS is just a very convenient bucket to put your pre-existing hate you know like for instance I join ISIS for like three seconds every time I see someone wearing Crocs <laughs> It's like, usually I'm very tolerant of other people's beliefs and fashion choices, but then you see that, and you're like, death to America, obviously. <laughs> the great Satan would allow that. ISIS rules. America trolls. <laughs> Do not think that is their slogan, but I've never joined long enough to find out. All right, thanks a lot, everybody. I'm out of here. <laughs> Did you guys watch any of the RNC last week? <laughs> One enthusiastic woo. Woo! I hated it! <laughs> I just... One part, I mean, good lord, was that a frightening spectacle of angry white people. Um, but specifically in Ted Cruz's speech, because people are like sort of talking about how he, you know, and hey... He didn't, do, he didn't endorse. I think that's a good call. Whatever. I'm not going to be like, woo, Ted Cruz, because he's still a horrendous human being um, who hates me just for who I am. So why would I be like, I'm proud of that guy. He hates me. So I just, but I just think there's one, there was one moment, one little, one little sorcerous moment in his speech that as I was watching, I was like, oh, hang on now. How'd you put them two things together? This ain't no before and after from Wheel of Fortune. Because he was talking about how PC culture is strangling America. Of all things that are happening in America, gun violence, mental health, no health care, people in poverty, people literally live on the street, and yet PC culture is what's killing us as people. He said, PC culture is killing us as people. It's, it's strangling us. There are no safe spaces Thunderous applause, right? Everybody's like, no, save spaces. Next thing, Ted Cruz says from his disgusting little blobby mouth. 
I kept looking for one of those things to pop out. Didn't come out. That's like the Pokemon Go of Ted Cruz. One of those disgusting whatever the hell that was. He says, no safe spaces. Everybody goes nuts. And he says, we must protect religious freedom immediately afterwards. Literally a safe space. Trying to say that America is a safe space. For, and I think I, everyone should be allowed to... Pro, this, yes! Yes! Yes, religious freedom. Yes, you should be able to have whatever religion you choose. Yes, absolutely. How can you say no safe spaces but church? Hey, now. That's a safe space. But no safe spaces but church, though. No safe spaces. But church, though. That's like the kid that's like... Uh, the kid that is Ted Cruz. That's like the kid in your neighborhood who's like Ted Cruz, and he's a kid, and he's smoking a cigar, being like, I hate you all. <sighs> there was another part to this complaint, and I forgot it. I walked eight feet and only remembered the safe spaces part. Maybe if I, maybe if I silently look at the door, I'll remember what it is. Nope, can't remember what it is. Anyway, I just, I don't understand, I don't understand the whole, that, like, PC culture thing. Because to me, honestly, like, PC culture is, uh, like, it's like meeting somebody, and that person introduces themselves, and they're like, hey, my name's Richard, and you're like, oh, hi. And they're like, hey, you know, like, uh, my name's Richard, some people call me Rich, but, you know, I really prefer Richard. And then if you are, like, a person who is like, yeah, I understand, PC, cool. You're like, hey, Richard, great to meet you. That's cool. Richard, awesome. And if you're somebody like Ted Cruz, who's like, PC culture is terrible, you're like, oh, oh, your name's Richard, but dick. <laughs> like, that's literally all that it is. You're like, this, I don't want, I would prefer you not call me something that hurts me in my heart. And then that person's like, I will not be strangled by this, so I am going to hurt you in your heart. <laughs> dick. <laughs> anyway. Let's keep the show going, shall we? <laughs> now that you guys are like, what the hell? I'm running for political office, I said. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure it out. It'll come back to me, the other RNC thing that I was going to talk about, but man, it's just gone. You ever have that where you're like, I was going to... Damn it. <laughs> Usually you're not on stage when that happens. <laughs> Usually you're just in front of a refrigerator and you're like, what the... All that's in here is peanut butter. I certainly didn't come in here for that. All right, no safe spaces. <laughs> My refrigerator's a safe space. Okay, great. We're going to keep the show rolling. This next comic, oh, she's so great. I'm so glad that she's here. She's actually, oh, did you guys know this? That uh, me and then the host that's not here, Cameron Esposito, that we uh, made a TV show for CISO. Did you guys know this? Yay! And it's coming out August 11th, and you can watch it, and I'm going to tweet out codes for you to get CISO for free. So follow me on Twitter. Get that code, watch CISO, because this next comic is in the first episode, and she is so funny in the first episode. So please give a warm welcome to Eliza Skinner, you guys. Hey, Eliza. 
Eliza Skinner. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Um, so what are what are you working on these days? Uh, like just in general? Yeah, I mean either one. Stand up specifically, like your set that you're uh, working on tonight. Yeah, um, I'm working on trying to get together a late night, another late night set. Great. Uh, yes. Got to get that clean material. I got mm-hmm. too many jokes where I say pussy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's all about sifting through and finding the non-pussy jokes mm-hmm. or jokes where I can replace pussy with. Cat. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make them all cat jokes. <laughs> Classic cat jokes. People think I have a lot of cat jokes. They all started out as pussy jokes. <laughs> Just whittled it down. Uh-huh. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Either way, they like garbage. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, my my oh, mom's geez, mine does. I have the worst taste. <laughs> my mom's cat. Oh, okay. Cat. Actual cat. Well, you know actual cat. Bit here. I understand. I'm only talking about the cat. Okay. His name's Brian. That's all I wanted oh, to say. That's great. That's such a good cat name. It's a great name. He came with it. He also she sent me a photo of him. Oh, now I think that he came with a little suitcase and gave her a card. And a little like, polo. My name is hey, Brian. That is Brian. Take I off have his little hat. Have allergies and I tend to eat toilet paper. <laughs> Do you have applesauce? <laughs> what? I need applesauce. She sent me a photo for my of movements. <laughs> with his just face down. He was uh, sitting like a little duck and then his face. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, sorry, Mom, for bringing you up in the middle of this bit, but hey. I'm just going to talk about Brian. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for talking to me, Eliza. Yeah, sure. I'm talking about my mom's cat. Eliza Skinner, you guys let her hear it. Oh, man. I'm going to keep the show right on rolling. This next comic has an album out called Uncomfortable at Best, and she is a friend of the show. So you guys keep it going for Paige Weldon. Oh, hey, guys. How are you? You good? How is everyone's self-esteem? Okay. I'll be honest, mine is suffering right now. I think it's because recently someone told me I seem like I would have allergies. (laughs) Wow, just something about my vibe seems like a peanut would kill me for sure. That's just how I come off, I guess. I also have been tracking a pretty steady decline in my self-esteem from the first day I got a cell phone with a front-facing camera. I don't know if you guys have ever just accidentally turned that on. Oh, I have a thousand chins. Okay, okay, very good. It's good to know that. But I am, um, I am pretty cute. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. And you know... Uh, that's why I do it, folks, is just to get <laughs> applause for that. I am I'm cute. I'm so cute that sometimes cute dogs follow me on Instagram first. I don't know. I don't know how they're finding me. <laughs> I always follow back. It's the right thing to do. I, uh, I follow this one dog on Instagram. He's like a gross old pug. You know, that's his thing, but he's like still great. That's his thing. The other day, he posted a picture. I liked it. I scrolled down a little bit. I read the caption. The caption was a eulogy that dog just died. (laughs) So I guess what I'm telling you is nowhere is safe on the internet for a woman. (laughs) You can't find it. Uh, Let's talk about my weight. Everyone's wondering. Um... Cool 120. Thank you so much. 125. I don't know. I... 
I think that's pretty good. I should be happy with that, but I'm not. I'm going to try to lose weight because I feel like I am this frustrating level of skinny where people get mad at me if I say that I'm not skinny, but I am not skinny enough that anyone is worried about me. (laughs) Just... I want people to be concerned. (laughs) That's my goal weight. I used to work at a library. I don't know if that's surprising to anyone. (laughs) Paige, what? No. (laughs) I did. When I worked at a library, I actually happened to be the second hottest girl who worked at the library. Pretty good. Just right after this one other girl who worked there that looked just like me, but a little bit better. Just a little bit nicer. (laughs) And what ended up happening, because I was the second hottest girl there, is one of the volunteers wrote me a love letter. It's very sweet of him. He left it in my mailbox one day. And it was nice. Like, I'm not complaining. He said a lot of nice things about me. He said um, my eyes were like pools of something. Um, Which, my eyes are green. I don't know what (laughs) they could have been pools of that would have been good. I'm not sure. But he also said, you know, my lips were like strawberries. That's like a pretty thing to say, I guess. One thing he said, though, that really threw me off is he said my back was like mountains. (laughs) I think the rest of my life, people could only say nice things to me, and I would still only remember (laughs) that that guy said my back was like mountains, and that someone else said I seem like I would have allergies. (laughs) That's just... It's tough. Stuff. It's hard, hard to meet a nice man these days. <laughs> Where are they? I don't know. Like you ever? Oh man, you guys ever think someone is flirting with you and then you realize they're just socially awkward? Does that happen? <laughs> I thought this barista was into me because when he was helping me, he accidentally spilled a cup of coffee. I was like, oh my god, he's so nervous. <laughs> he cannot handle this. But then while I was at the coffee shop, I watched him spill like three other drinks. It's like we had had nothing. It's devastating. Are there any um, girlfriends here? Clap if you're a girlfriend. Oh, some conversations need to be had. Um, I ask because girlfriends love me. They just do across the board, which is nice. I like to make new friends, but also that hurts my feelings. (laughs) Like every time I've ever met a friend's girlfriend and later had him be like, oh yeah, my girlfriend thought you were really cool. What I've heard was, oh yeah, my girlfriend did not think you were a threat. (laughs) In fact, she was wondering if we could hang out more. She's been really busy lately. (laughs) It's like, sure, I'm down to hang, but hurtful. I try to justify it to myself. I think like, oh, maybe she met me and thought Paige is so nice she would never steal my boyfriend. And that's true. I would never do something like that. But like, he could be secretly in love with me. (laughs) You said yourself, I'm really cool. (laughs) Anyway, yes, I will get brunch with you. (laughs) That sounds nice. I like being friends with girlfriends also because um, I love when my friends go through breakups. Does that make me a bad person? I'm not sure. I, I don't like when my friends go through breakups because I like seeing them suffer. 
I like when that happens because I just like getting a lot of texts. (laughs) (laughs) I like hanging out. (laughs) It's fun. I firmly believe it is a law of the universe that one man's breakup is another woman's renewed friendship. (laughs) Oh, you're back. (laughs) And you're still sad I can work with this. I know. I also, I, you know, I identify with it. I go through breakups a lot because I'm, um, I'm a relationship person. Oh, gross. Paige wants to be loved. What a bitch. <laughs> oh, no. I think I get into relationships all the time because men just look at me and think, well, she seems like she'd give me rides to the airport for six months to a year. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> I absolutely will. <laughs> I'm going to um, go soon. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's okay, because I, I love leaving. I love it so much. <laughs> it is my favorite part of every event. It is the reason I came here tonight. <laughs> I can't wait. It's better than every other part of an event. Like, showing up somewhere sucks. You show up somewhere, you have to learn things. Like, figure out where the snacks are, who to avoid. When you leave somewhere, you ate all the snacks, you avoided everyone, you're done. (laughs) You can go home and imagine the people who are still there missing you, like asking where you went. You might even get a did you leave text. You ever get a did you leave text? It's like, fuck yeah, I did. (laughs) And I am not responding to this until 2 p.m. tomorrow. I love leaving so much that sometimes when I'm not actually leaving a place and someone gets confused and says goodbye to me, I'll just go. I'll just go. Oh my gosh, great idea. (laughs) I love leaving so much that I don't ever want kids, but I probably will start a family someday just so I can leave them. (laughs) Be like the ultimate leaving achievement. I know the main thing people don't really like about leaving is saying goodbye, right? It can be like hard or awkward. Uh, But did you know that you don't have to say bye? You can just leave. It's fine. (laughs) No one will get mad at you. If you're the kind of person that like finds everyone at the party to say goodbye before you leave, I think you have incredible self-esteem. Because what you're doing is going up to everyone individually and saying, hey, I'm not going to be here anymore. Thought you might want to know that. When I go to leave a place, I just mutter to myself, let's go. (laughs) All right, I've been Paige. Have a good night. Paige Wilden, you guys! Because we have two comics left on the show. How fantastic has this show been so far? And these two comics are both fantastic. This next comic... Also a friend of the show, and we love it when she stops by. She is very funny on Twitter. You guys, please give a warm welcome. Warm welcome. (laughs) Fixed it. (laughs) But then I said I fixed it, so now I got to do it again. Please give a warm welcome to Jenna Friedman, you guys. Hey, Jenna Friedman, how are you doing? Hi, how's it going? It's pretty great. Um, So what have you been uh, working on lately? 
So I have a show that I'm developing with True TV, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm filming American Cunt my, yeah, for CISO. August 21st, we're taping at the Slipper Room in New York City. Oh, very red. Yeah, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to make sure Trump doesn't get elected. Absolutely. So I'm doing everything I can. Doing the hard work on Twitter to keep... On Twitter. I might actually move in with my cousins in Pennsylvania for a couple of weeks to just harass kindly anybody who's remotely undecided. Absolutely. I was just talking to Dan about maybe doing that in Ohio. Yeah. I think it might. I, I might actually do that a little bit. Yeah, this feels like an all-hands-on-deck uh, election mm-hmm. in ways that others really haven't. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it feels a little bit like 2004. In a way. In a way, but even scarier. Yeah, because you're like, this is unhinged. This is just unhinged, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a guy who made Ted Cruz look likable. Right. That's he could do anything. Marco Rubio likable. It's just yeah. it's crazy. What did you think of his entrance into the RNC when he looked like an alien? Trump, I can't even with that guy. He's so, so he had a, he, yeah, no, I can't. Yeah. Everything about him. I feel like they're a little Easter eggs, though, if we're paying attention that, like, I don't know if they're doing this in, on purpose, but he has, like, a campaign ad that's, like, a inspiring ad. With oh, yeah, his with name, the. With the Challenger. Yeah, with the Challenger. It's no like one's seen think, that yet, though, right? Oh, I saw it. I think they are doing that stuff on purpose. To but then it's have like, you find it and then have people talk about talk it? Talk about the finding of it. I just and feel also like he's not that smart. I just feel like he has a graphic designer who's mm-hmm. like working for him against his will and lashing yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's necessarily that smart, but I think his message is make anything. Yeah, just get attention. Just, just make whatever you do, whatever you can do to get people to talk because oh, I don't care what they talk about. She was comparing Hillary to some old Tampax and Bernie to a Diva Cup, which I don't disagree with. Um, I, I am a Hillary supporter and have been, and I will just fucking say that because goddammit, I spent like so many nights at the show saying that, and I would hear like one person go, yeah, oh. <laughs> and so I'm just going to talk about it because like, for real, like it's, there's no, there's like no question about it now. So, she's the nominee. That's what we're doing. Let's move forward together. Let's adopt a progressive platform. Let's move this shit left, and let's not like seriously. It's insane to me that we we can't even say like, yeah, we hate women this much that we would even consider Donald Trump because he is a nightmare. Anyway, back to the diva cup. Like. Tampons versus Diva Cup, I think it's a totally apt description because while Diva Cups are great for the environment and uh, very helpful for, they're, they're healthier for your body, I also had one stuck in me for a lot longer than I had hoped. <laughs> and I had to remove it myself. And so that's kind of how I feel about Bernie as well. <laughs> like, I'd probably have to get in there and do a lot of the work. He'd just be like, I don't understand it, and walk away. Meanwhile, I turned into an M.C. Escher painting trying to remove that thing from myself. (laughs) Now, I'm also not trying to shame Diva Cups. If it works for you, great. Did not work for me! That was like the most terrifying three minutes I've ever spent just standing in my bathroom going... I mean, I'll I'll be real with you. I did this. (laughs) 
Because I just thought maybe that'll help. I knew that it wouldn't, but I needed to try. You know what I mean? Because the, the terror that I was dealing with is not unlike a Donald Trump presidency. You have to break the seal. That's the trick. You have to break the seal. <laughs> Damn it. Anyway, did somebody say Jesus? That's perfect. All right, we have a final comic. Are you guys ready for our final comic? Amazing. I am so glad that he is on the show because uh, I don't know if you guys know this about you. If you're new to the show, you might not know this about me. Uh, I am from Ohio. I like to call that the thinking man's Indiana. It's my home state. I am from Akron, Ohio. This gentleman is from Lorraine, Ohio. So uh, we are... We are still celebrating our recent championship win. Yeah, you can laugh at that all you want, but until you know what it's like to be a loser, like we were for 52 years, you'll understand why we're still like, woo! 52 years, you guys. Not a single championship. I also, like when I was talking about mentioning Hillary earlier, and people would be like, woo! Like when I used to talk about the Cavs, people would be like, Golden State! And I want to be like, you lost! (laughs) And I'm trying to be a kinder person. So this next comic is from Cleveland. And I'm very proud of him because he's not only a great comic and has done great things for the city of Cleveland, essentially like made a stand-up scene in Cleveland with his bare hands. He actually booked me for the first time outside of... I started comedy in Chicago. And the first time I ever did comedy outside of Chicago was in Cleveland. And it's because of this man. And so I'm very grateful to him. And I'm super proud of him because he has a Comedy Central half hour coming out. And he got that in Cleveland. And that is cool as hell. And I'm very proud of him. So please welcome to the stage, Ramon Rivas. Thank you, Ramon. Keep it going for Ray Butcher, all the comps you saw. Uh, doing my thing. Uh, as you said, I am from Cleveland. It's, it's nice to be a champion now. Because uh, normally back in the day when I tell people, they're like, where are you from? Like, oh, I'm from Cleveland. They're like, I'm so sorry. Uh, and now like, I get to chop them in the throat if they say shit like that. Uh, just dope. Uh, I, uh, I've been getting to travel a little more. Whenever I go back to Cleveland, my dad picks me up at the airport. Uh, last time he picked me up, I got in the car and he told me that my mom, who he's been divorced from for about 15, 20 years, is so broke that she needs to move back in with him to save money. And I don't know how to feel having grown up in a broken home that's now coming back together because it's too broke. Uh, <laughs> it's just a weird, like, I'm like, am I supposed to be trying to parent trap y'all into falling in love again? Or is that supposed to gross me out like it is right now? Uh, and, like, it's weird because, like, I live with my dad to save money, so, like, now I accidentally live with both my parents again, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I wanted, you know? I feel like one of us needs to get our shit together. And honestly, I think it should be one of them because they've been alive longer. Uh, they had way more time to figure it out. It's interesting because my parents are divorced because my dad is too cool of a dude. Uh, like, my dad is so cool, I wish he was my uncle. You know? Just because your uncle could do some outlandish shit and you're just like, ah, that's just a crazy uncle day. But like when it's your dad, it's a different. Like my dad came to a show I was putting on one time, and this girl I was trying to talk to, like accidentally bumped into him at the bar a little bit. She was like, "Oh, excuse me, sir. Sorry, I'm just ordering a drink." 
And my dad looked at her and was like, the only time it's acceptable to call me sir is when I'm hitting it from the back and pulling you by the hair. Uh, which I thought was a strong first conversation with a stranger. Uh, and that would have been a perfectly acceptable uncle move. Uh, uh, dad is a little up and coming. That's my dad in a nutshell. My mom's the type of lady, she's a Reiki master. If you don't know what Reiki is, it uses the body's natural energies to make it feel better, which sounds like some hippie bullshit. Uh, but I've seen it work a couple times. Like one time, my dad got a nail shot through his finger right here because he's Puerto Rican and was doing side work. And the nail just went right through it. Doctor told him he destroyed everything in there and never be able to bend it again. My mom did Reiki on it. It was fine. Another time, my car broke down. I got to the side of the road and I pulled the emergency brake up. My dad and my cousin tow it to the house, but they're pushing it up the driveway and no one turned the emergency brake off. Uh, so halfway up the driveway, my dad rips his calf muscle from his knee all the way down to his ankle, just like a huge black and blue strip, right? I came home from work, he's just laying in his bed. He's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. It hurts so bad, I can't put any weight on it. I'm just gonna go to work on Monday, try to pretend I did it there. Uh, <laughs> which is another powerful uncle move. Uh, you know. But then my mom did Reiki and it was gone. So I was like, damn, maybe there's something to this. So I had a really bad headache one day, so I went to my mom and was like, hey mom, can you give me a Reiki session? She says, okay, sit down. She was like, all right, I'm gonna tune your aura, okay? And she took a tuning fork and she hit it and she held it in my ear. And after a couple of seconds, I realized that I did not smoke enough weed for this to be effective. Uh, <laughs> And she was all right. And then she started just kind of barely not touching me, uh, which would have been real hot if it wasn't my mom. Uh, <laughs> issue. So political time. It's hard for me to pay attention to politics because it makes me very anxious. That's why I smoke weed so I don't feel emotions. Uh, it just helps me stay balanced, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Republicans, like I know they recently voted to defund Planned Parenthood, which is crazy because people hate pulling out. Uh, just like, left that shit alone. Uh, and then like a big part of the reason they voted to defund it is there's these rumors going around that Planned Parenthood was selling baby parts, which sounds creepy and expensive, you know? It sounds like it would be so expensive that only people who could afford to buy them would be Republicans. Uh, and then according to their logic, the rest of us will get them eventually through trickle-down baby parts. Uh, uh, good old Reaganomics. The timing was weird, though, because like Republicans voted to defund Planned Parenthood, and then a week later, ISIS closed all the women's clinics overseas. And no one in the Republican Party gave a damn. They're doing the same things as these dudes as our enemies. It's weird to me. It's weird how in line like Republicans and ISIS are on like homophobic, transphobic, women's rights shit. They're like right in line. That's just weird to me. It'd be like if you were going to a party and you had a dope ass outfit on and you're like, hell yeah, I'm about to crush it at this party, son. And then you get there and there's someone in the same outfit as you and they just murdered a whole bunch of people. Uh, should probably change, you know? Unless you look real good. Uh, I guess. You can keep it. Trump's a monster that do don't like. 
it's weird. This is the Cleveland host of the Republican National Convention, and it was just a weird thing to have happening. I don't know. I was just, I was just trying to read shit because I don't want to just think someone's dumb just because I've observed them over time. Uh, so I'm trying to like actually like read shit, figure out his views on things, and this is it's funny because like Mike Pence is against. He doesn't believe in global warming, which is whatever. Uh, <laughs> he looks like he can't comprehend it. Uh, but then, like, the article said, like, Trump hasn't, like, said, he hasn't really, like, he, like he's been against it in the past, but he doesn't, uh, he's against clean energy because of the potential hazard windmills may cause to birds. Uh, <laughs> And I'm like, how does this dude care more about hypothetical birds than actual brown people? Uh, like, it's just hard to wrap my mind around, man. Yeah, I guess you gotta go with Hillary, man. I just, don't, I just don't know how I feel about Hillary. She reminds me a lot of this kid I grew up with who really wanted to be my friend. And I was like, nah. <laughs> like, you should already have friends. I don't get what's going on, but no thank you. And then I found out their parents had a pool. That's how I feel about Hillary all the time. Just a shitty person with a pool. Uh, and it's kind of hot. I just got a little offended when her campaign put out a list of seven ways Hillary Clinton's just like your abuela. Uh, yeah, seven ways. Seven. This many. Seven. And not one of those seven things on that list was make rice. Uh, which, it's like, that's no abuela I want to fuck with. Uh, and then I got, I don't know. It's a weird compare. Like, my abuela doesn't know anything about foreign policy. Like, I don't know why you want to make that comparison. But maybe that's why it makes sense, because my abuela probably would have fucked up Benghazi, too. Uh, my abuela definitely struggled to maintain and balance two email accounts. That's for sure. Uh, that's mostly because she died in 95. It was new technology. Uh, if you enjoy me, my name online on everything is Blazer Ramon, because I wear a lot of sport coats. Uh, thank you, guys. Good night. from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.